Next on the midweek move, prayer as a weapon. This is a conversation we have to have. Hey there, everybody. It's Scott, and welcome to the Midweek Move. Uh, we are super excited today to kind of take the next step. Uh, several weeks uh, at the Healing Place, we've been dealing with a certain topic, a subject uh, matter, uh, and it's called prayer. Yes. <laughs> prayer. And so today uh, with me is Carlos uh, Renfro. Uh, very familiar to all of you guys. Uh, Carlos has been on many, many times. You've seen him uh, leading worship. You've also seen him uh, preaching. You've also seen and heard him on the midweek move yep. and teaching. And so, uh, he is the all utility man. He can do it all. So today, uh, we're going to delve into a little deeper on, uh, the power of prayer. And Carlos, this is a, this is a subject matter that you took, uh, for several weeks at the healing place. And, uh, we kind of walk through different steps of the power of prayer, yeah. you know, things like mm-hmm. the persistence of prayer, you know, uh, even a question that came up, when do you know when to stop praying about right. something, yeah. you know? And so we walked through all of this and where I wanted to land today was the topic of prayer as a weapon, because yeah. that is a, that is a super interesting, uh, terminology to put to that. Because when we think of prayer, we think of, you know, we're talking to God or we're asking, right. you know, even as little kids, if you were born uh, into a family, not even a family that went to church, but 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 a lot of families way back when you would say your prayers before you go to bed, you know, right. um, or you would at least maybe pray over a meal or something. Right. Now, not everybody was raised in that atmosphere, right. but a lot of people were. And uh, you kind of saw prayers this, hey, I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to ask for these things. Uh, I either see God as this, this, uh, this big righteous judge, and so I'm fearful to pray. Or, you know, I see God as this loving, loving father, and I can just curl up in his arms. And, you know, I can yeah, ask anything right. or I can say anything. But this whole idea of prayer as a weapon Kind of just, uh, let's dive into that real quick. When you hear that terminology, prayer is a weapon, what do you think about? Well, the thing about about prayer, and prayer is a very, very basic component of the Christian life. And for it to be such a basic component, oftentimes it's very, very misunderstood, or a lot of times it's very misapplied. Um, so when we start talking about prayer as a weapon, and we talked about some of this even when we talked about prayer and prevailing prayer, is that prayer isn't like just what you said, I'm asking for things or or I'm coming through the drive-thru window with God and I need to be able to come out of the drive-thru with what I need. Or, or the emergency or, room. Yeah, or the emergency room, things are really bad and I need, or, or I'm feeling really lonely or there's an emotional need. Prayer has more than that. Prayer is meant to accomplish something. Yep. So when we think about prayer as a weapon, the reason that a lot of people don't think about prayer as a weapon is because they don't always perceive the spiritual battle for what it is. And we talked about Ephesians chapter 6 where it talked about that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but the the fight that the Christian is engaged in is spiritual. We talked yep. about we talked about Second Corinthians down chapter ten, where it talked about us having weapons of our warfare that they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God. And that when 
us being spiritual beings, being born again, being right with God, being children of God, prayer is something that is designed to accomplish something. And what we have to accomplish is spiritual and the spiritual in nature because we are in a spiritual battle. So our tool to win the spiritual battle, one of our tools, one of our biggest tools is effective prayer. And the Bible talks a lot about that. A lot about effective prayer. Yes. Because not all prayer is effective. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> not all prayer is effective. There's, there's no, even when James talked about we ask and we don't receive, and he talked about people asking and miss and things like that. There, we have to, that's one of the reasons that Jesus' disciples, when they watched him, they watched him ask the Father for things and things happened. They would ask him, they would watch him ask the Father to heal somebody or to cast the demon out, and all these things that you see in this great ministry in, in Scripture in the life of Jesus. And at some point in time, they became intrigued, and it was like, you know, this doesn't happen when we pray. Lord, teach us how to pray. Yeah, one key ingredient to that is when they heard the Lord pray, when they heard Jesus pray, was one common ingredient in all of it, and that was praying the will of God. Yes, like yeah. praying the will of God. Right. And a lot of people will ask, and a lot of people that are listening and watching right now will be like, well, how do I know the will of God? Right. Well, a portion of that is the word of God. Yes. You know the will of God through the word of God. Yes. Yes. Another portion of that is through the Holy Spirit, through yes. discernment. Yeah. Of of, you know, the 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 counselor, the comforter, you know. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. He is a counselor. Yes. He gives you discernment. That right. is a key gift of the Holy Spirit is discernment of knowing what is and what isn't. Right. Um, if it's a broad, broad path before you, probably not the will nope. of God. If it's a narrow path in front of you, probably the will of God. Right. And so I think that people get overwhelmed with that statement, the will of God. Right. What is the will of God? And I think that Jesus kept bringing it back to being tied to something and being rooted in someone. Right, right. And he always brought it back to, you know, the father was the vine dresser. He was over the whole vineyard. And Jesus was the vine. And then we are the branches. Right. And the father takes care of the whole vineyard. He takes care of everyone. He takes care of everything. And Jesus is planted in that vineyard, which is over that vineyard, is God the father. And then out of that out of him we stay connected to Jesus we are in that that's how you know the will of God you right. know the will of yes. God by having relationship with yes. God yes. by doing the things of God right. you know we just talked about this um there are a lot of people who believe in Jesus but they don't want to do what he said right they don't want to do the things of God they right. don't want to do the things of the kingdom well if you want to be a Jesus people yeah. then you've got to do Jesus things, which is the kingdom of God. Right. It all ties back into we talk a whole lot about be, no, do, and you know, being who God called you to be and walking in that identity, knowing what he's saying and doing what he says. It all ties back to relationship and even that layer of our relationship being spiritual. That's why it's so important for us to embrace the spiritual aspect of these things. These things aren't things that we just do in the natural. The relation, the nature of our relationship with God is spiritual. Yep. And when you understand that, you understand the things that Jesus compares to. I was just talking with my son about some of this last night. Um, we were talking about um, even in that passage where, where Jesus taught them how to pray in Matthew chapter 6. We were talking about one of my favorite verses, Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all his righteousness, and these things will be added to you. And we were kind of backing up to the context of that. 
and we were talking about what he talked about the sparrows and the, the birds in the air and the lilies in the field and all these things that they have natural needs, but because God takes care of those things, then then they don't have a, their their duties aren't to do things that they can't do. So well, he, I think there's a key here because you said last night with my son we were reading this and we were talking about this. Yeah, you guys weren't watching Netflix together. You weren't watching Hulu, you weren't watching the next this, you were talking about the things of God, the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking about prayer as a weapon. Well, how is a younger person going to know? Well, they're going to know by you teaching them, but also activating that and by them seeing you and hearing you and all of those different things. Again, staying connected, your son being connected to you, you being connected to Jesus, you leading him in the things of God, all those things being connected. That's how we can use prayer as a weapon. It becomes a weapon. It's not just something for our self-gratification. A lot of times we pray for something that doesn't happen because we're praying for a desired outcome. Right. Right. But the desired outcome has nothing to do with the Lord. Right. It has everything to do with what we want to see. Right what we want to happen. Right. And normally that desired outcome is to make it easier on us. Exactly. Yeah. And we <laughs> talked about that. Um, also in this, we talked about a prayer for heart. We talked about God's ability to cultivate our hearts so that we understand the will of God. So that our heart and our desires are in line with God. And when we do that, then that affects the way that we ask God for things that affects the things that we pray for that affects our perspective because it puts us on the same page with God. And that's part of being able to pray the will of God. That's part of being able to know what the will of God is, knowing what the Holy Spirit is saying is being able to cultivate our heart, being able to, being able to turn over that soil, you know, that fallow ground that we talked about, that Hosea talked about, and being able to have our hearts in the right place. And when we do that, it, it almost, sometimes we almost steer away from that because we're afraid we're going to lose something. We're afraid that, you know what, well, if I go in this direction and I leave my desires or my or my will behind and I pick up God's will, you know, then the well, that's no fun. Well, now, now my life is going to turn and we think we're going to put on this brown outfit and go sit in a monastery somewhere and become this, become this secluded. No, but that's not what the will of God is. The will of God is best served, not just for God's glory, but also for your good. Mm-hmm. And so when we cultivate a heart that's in line with the will of God, then that affects how we approach God in our relationship. And part of the biggest part of the relationship with God is prayer. Sure, it's the maturity of any relationship. Absolutely. It's it's a marriage, a friendship, whatever it is, that in order for that to be a true friendship or a true relationship, it has to grow. It has to mature. Yes. Tanya and I are not the same people we were 32 years ago. Right. You know, when we met, like, we're not the same people. uh, We don't think the same way. We don't eat the same things anymore. We don't, like, so much has changed (laughs) over this time frame that if you don't grow with that, if you don't grow together in that, then you grow apart. Yes. And it's the same thing with the Lord. It's like, if you don't grow in the things of God, then you don't know what God's will is, and you get further and further from Him. That's when you begin to think, God doesn't hear me. God doesn't know me. God can't reach me. Right. Uh, that's when condemnation comes. Right. That's when you think you're all alone. You're Why am isolated. I doing these things and nothing's right. happening? Or you get mad at God and you're like, why is God cursing me? Why is God doing this? Why is God doing this? But we are the ones who have moved away from him. Right. And then we try to use prayer as a weapon 
and it doesn't work. Right. Because there's no relationship. Right. There's no, uh, there, there were a group of people in the book of Acts specifically mm-hmm. that tried to use prayer as a weapon. And I think you know which instance we're talking about. Oh, yeah. We're talking about the sons of Sceva, and I believe it's 11 <laughs> chapter Acts. And they're trying to use prayer as a weapon to do a good thing. Yep. And, that's, and that's the kicker about it. They were trying to do the right thing. Yep. But they were outside of that place to where that power wasn't there because that relationship wasn't there. And they're trying to cast a demon but out But their of history told them they could just recite some prayer. Right. And then everything would be fine. Yeah. And that's not how... How prayer as a weapon, how spiritual prayer works. It doesn't work through recital. Jesus even said it doesn't work through vain repetition. It doesn't work through, it's not a formula. It's a thing where where we're afforded the power of God through relationship with God, and we can communicate that power through prayer. And But they, even in that, it's, it's awesome that even in resuscitation that we can recite prayers, we can, with a pure heart, right. and God hears that. Right. That's that's the whole. Jesus said vain repetitions. Right. He didn't just say repetitious. He right. said vain, right. worthless. Yeah. Your heart, your motivation is not right. You're wanting something. Right. And with the Pharisees and Sadducees, we knew that they wanted to be seen praying. Yes. They wanted people to acknowledge them. They wanted something to come to them. Right. They wanted it to be religiously and politically expedient for them. Like everything was about right. them. It wasn't about the Lord. Right. And with that heart, that terribly backfired for the sons of Sceva. They tried to cast a demon out of a guy. Um, they had no spiritual power. They had no authority, no yep. connection with God to do so. And the only thing that was seen was them running we out of We speak the house. name of Jesus yeah. of whom Paul preaches. Yeah. Like yeah. we don't even we haven't even associated ourselves <laughs> right. with the power. So by by proxy as a third party, yeah, right. we're telling you to do something that we don't <laughs> have the authority to do. And the only thing that was seen for them was them running out of the house wounded and naked. And Which this is the key lesson right here. Listen, if you're listening to this, watching this, this is the key lesson here because sometimes I think that we we think, oh, I believe in Jesus, so I can just rush right into whatever scenario I want to rush into, and I can just speak the name of Jesus and stuff will start happening. Well, number one, stuff will probably start happening. (laughs) But it's probably not going to be good stuff. Because if you're not prepared in your heart, man, I've heard stories of people trying to cast out demons and trying to do all this stuff. I've, I've, I've heard stories of and been with people in other countries where they have actually opened up their heart to the demonic by trying to uh, insert themselves into a narrative that God did not call them Absolutely. to insert themselves into. I mean, we can look even in the example of the scripture. If Jesus himself, God incarnate in the flesh, obedient to the will of Father, says, I only do what I see the Father doing. Yeah, right. If he says that, <laughs> right. then how much more does that does that help help us to gain the mindset that I'm going to cultivate a relationship with God so that I know what the Father is saying. Yep. I can see what the Father is doing, and I can stay on that narrow path and track with that, and I can walk in a way so what I am doing is part of God's will, and I know with confidence that his authority and his power is backing me up. So as we've gone a little bit deeper in this, where we're coming to is that the foundation of prayer as a weapon is relationship, a yep. relationship with God, yep. that you have to be rooted and grounded in the Lord. You, have to, you have to know who he is. You have to believe confess you know uh you 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 believe in your heart you confess right and and you take up your cross you follow jesus and and then you're cultivating that relationship with god and now there is authority 
in your prayers. Absolutely. Now there is authority. Now prayer does become a weapon. It's not just a venue for you to ask for something. Absolutely. But now it is a gift given to us by God to not only to not only wage warfare in a spiritual realm, but also to stand in the gap for others. Yes. And to intercede for others. Uh, because now prayer is genuinely a weapon, right. just like Ephesians said. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of the age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Right. Now all come through relationships. That's above where we are Yes, right now. That's, in That's not realm. this right here. No. That's up here. And the only way you get up here is through Christ. Yeah, through Christ. The relationship with Christ. James 4, 7 says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee to you. And what's key, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. That our access point, our entry point to this prayer as a weapon, like you were saying just there, is that key is your relationship. Because yep. God promises that if we submit to him, if we draw close to him, his response is to draw close to us, and that dynamic creates a place where the enemy has to flee. And it doesn't there, mean he that no, he has no authority. And it there. doesn't mean that if you're away from God, that he doesn't hear your prayer, right. or that he's not interested, or he is not going to answer your prayer. It simply means that if you're going to go to a place of prayer being a weapon, you have yes. got to be rooted. Yep. In the Lord. Yep. All right, there was a there was a scripture passage that that you brought up in prayer as a weapon that I think is very interesting, and I think that a lot of people will be interested in it because you start talking about Ezekiel and Daniel and you know the prophetic people, the radar goes berserko, right, yeah. and then it's like, <laughs> oh, it's leading us to Revelation. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be good. But there is a a a, a key ingredient. Uh, in Daniel 10, that points us to prayer as a weapon. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's just go ahead and read that. I'm going to read, um, let's just read verse 12. We'll read verse 12. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia within uh, withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. When he had spoken such words, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. So this is a powerful scripture. So kind of break this down for us just for just for a moment, Carlos, about what does prayer as a weapon have to do with this specific passage? All right. So here, the the backdrop of this, um, if you those of you that hadn't studied the prophets or just didn't have a general understanding of this, Israel at the time they were in exile in Babylon, and Daniel had been reading the prophecies concerning how those things will be fulfilled. Jeremiah laid all of those things out, and Daniel had set himself to, to get understanding of this thing. And so he came across some key passages that gave that gave indication that, hey, this captivity is getting ready to end, and there's some things that are going to transpire behind this. You know, we, we know that that goes on to begin to reveal the things that happened in the book, book of Ezra, 
things that begin to happen in the book of Nehemiah. Yep. And so Daniel set himself to to seek the Lord um, concerning these things. And when he and when he did this, God, like like he said right there in verse twelve, that when he set his heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. God heard his prayers and have come, and that the angel was dispatched to answer Daniel's prayer. So there's a heavenly host there that will set the dispatch to answer Daniel's prayer concerning, like we were talking about, the will of God. Daniel turns his face to seek God and to find God's will. And because his heart was cultivated and was in the right place, then God began to answer through a messenger angel. But that messenger angel, because of where they were, they were they were in a place of exile. They were in a, in a pagan land. In a, in a place being ruled by by pagan practices and idolatrous worship, he was being resisted by what he called the prince of the kingdom of Persia. And, and later on in verse 13, he said the kings of Persia. Now, when he's talking about this, he's not talking about, you know, a bunch of dudes standing at a gate with spears or, or a person. He's talking about a demonic host, a demonic entity that was there to interfere with the work of God. He was there to interfere and to keep to keep Daniel's prayer from being answered, from that message from reaching Daniel. And 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 messenger angel had the call from Michael, the chief of the of the archangels, the chief of the host, to contend. There's that spiritual battle. And, you, mm-hmm. and we remember we said there in Ephesians 6 that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That's right. But that invisible battle was being waged there. And Daniel couldn't see all he knew for 21 days. He's being persistent in prayer like we talked about. He's, but there's no answer. Yeah. He's praying the will of God like we talked about. But there's no answer. No answer. And there's no answer because his prayers are being held up because of a waging spiritual war, because of a battle in the spiritual. But I love what verse 12 says. It says, and these are the same words that the Lord would speak to Joshua, the same words that he spoke to many people about, do not fear. That's like the very first, do not fear. But then he says, um, your words were heard. Yes. Sometimes the, the most important thing in prayer is not, necessarily the expected outcome that you're looking for is just knowing that you have been heard. Right. Cause there are two, there are two clauses right there. You have two spots right there. It says, he said, and, and, um, he said, said, and your, your words were heard and I have come because of your words. Yeah. A lot of times we jump to the, I become because of your words. That's right. I've come because of your words. We jump to, okay, man, my, my prayer had this response, but we don't get to that place until we get to the, through the place of understanding that God hears us when our hearts. And a lot of times faith doesn't come because the answer comes. Faith comes because you know, you've been heard. Yes. That establishes something in you. All the promises of God are yes and amen. It establishes something in you. Zacharias in the temple, the angel comes to him and he says, do not fear. And then what does he said? God has heard your prayer. He He did the same thing with Cornelius. And your son is going to be born. His name is going to be John. So he, he didn't just come and give him the answer. He said, you have been, you and your wife have been heard. Your prayers did not, were not in vain. Right. They weren't vain repetition. Your, your, your prayers were not in vain. They were heard. And we had the same thing in the um, book of Acts when it comes to Cornelius, that yep. his prayers, not just his prayers, his prayers and his alms yep. were going up before his giving. God. That's his right. giving was going up before God. And that, that cultivated heart, that right heart was being heard by, by heaven. 
and that's that's the first step in that response happening is knowing that with with right heart and right relationship comes uh, comes a ear from God, yep. and that we can approach God and that He hears that. Yeah, and in this, uh, just so we just so we catch this. Um, you may be listening to this or watching this and go, okay, the angels are battling, but what does that have to do with me in using prayer as a weapon? These angels are battling and 21 days worth of battling, but where do I stand right now as far as the heavenly hosts? All right, well, the good thing about that is that where we stand right now is that we have a benefit that, that Daniel didn't have. That's right. We have a benefit of the cross of Christ. Yep. We have his death, burial, and resurrection. And Jesus, over and over and over again in the New Testament, and the New Testament itself talks about, you know, the authority that has been given to his believers. Even Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. Yep. He talked about in in, in um in John chapter 17, when he prayed for his disciples, he prayed not Yeah, he prayed for, his, for himself, yes, he, prayed he prayed for his, his disciples, and then he prayed for... Those that will believe because of their words. That's right. That there are things, um, I read in 2 Corinthians 10, 3, there, though, for we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, in the pulling down the strongholds, casting down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In the sense that we have authority because of Jesus Christ, because of being his bride, because of being his children, that's been given to us is that we have authority over these things through Christ because of completed work on the cross, because he said it's finished. Now that veil has been torn, it's open. We can approach God, and when yep. we approach God, we approach God through the authority of Christ, and that we have an we have an Hebrews advantage. tells us boldly we can come boldly boldly before the throne. Yes, not with pride, not with arrogance, but in humility we right. can humbly come before the Lord. But boldly, you can right. be humble and bold at the same time. It's the confidence of a child of God. It's the confidence of my child coming to them coming to me and he talked about in Luke knowing that I wouldn't withhold a good thing from from yep. them because I'm their father. And there is a key, it, you know, in Second Corinthians 10 it says pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing. One yep. of the issues that Israel and Judah had all throughout the Old Testament yep. was that most of those kings did evil in sight of the Lord. But even those who did good in the sight of the Lord, most every single one of them did not tear down the high place. Yes. They 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 tore down pagan worship. They tore down, but they they would not take the high place. And the high place is supposed to be reserved for sacrifice unto the Lord. That was supposed to be given to the Lord. The highest place was supposed to be given to right. the Lord. That preeminence. Well, now we are the living sacrifice. Yeah. We lay ourselves. We give ourselves to the Lord. No longer are we in control. We don't have the high place anymore. We don't have the high ground. Right. We come low. We yes. humble ourselves. We repent. We confess. We repent. We come before the Lord, and now he's on the throne of our heart. He has the high place. Yes. And in that high place now, we've been given authority to pray and to pull down strongholds, cast down arguments, and every high thing now, yeah. not because we're up there, but because Jesus, Jesus is there, there. Yeah. he's the king, he's yeah. the Lord, he's, he's the Lord of hosts. Yeah. He's not just the lamb, he's the lion. He's, yeah. he's all of those things. And I think that we forget that calling on the name of Jesus should not be a common thing. No. When I say common, we shouldn't make it common. 
It should be a regular habit of our life, right. but we should not call it common. Right. When we say common, we t- we think of things that we have little reverence or respect for. That's when right. We say, when we think of common, we think of not just beyond habitual, but something that doesn't give any any type of special regard to our heart. I don't think I don't think deeply about brushing my teeth in the morning. It's common. Mm-hmm. You know, but there are things that I do regularly. I go to church regularly. I pray regularly. I read the scriptures regularly. But in my mind, it is something special. It is something sacred. It is something that has a different dimension to it. And so, you know, we we approach that thing with reverence, understanding the gravity and the importance of it. Well, in your mind, it's a necessity because you're not living in the kingdom of the world. You're living in the kingdom of God. Absolutely. And in the kingdom of God, those are the elements of the kingdom of God. The yes. kingdom of God is not static. It's not passive. It's not defensive. The kingdom of God moves forward, Absolutely. just like a midweek move. That was one of the whole premises of a midweek move. Moving Why forward. do we need a midweek move? Well, in the middle of the week, we just need to make a move. Yep. We need to go deeper. We need to move forward. We need to grow in the scripture. We need to grow in Christ through the word of God. And so I think it's uh, I think it's really awesome that we can look at a Daniel 10 and as awesome as this scene is with imagery mm-hmm. that we can look at it and go but Daniel didn't even have the access that we have as believers. Right, we do. Yeah, we have we Like have. that that blows my mind that we can read the heroes of faith in Hebrews. Yeah. And we can go but they died without a promise. Yeah. Like <laughs> We have a better sacrifice, a better word, and the blood speaks a better word. It's like all of this stuff, and Jesus didn't just do that so we could go, oh, okay, now I'm a believer. No, now what comes with that is living these things out with the elements and the characteristics and the nature of God ever before us and doing what he did, doing what the Lord did. Jesus prayed. Right. He prayed. He declared the scripture. He taught the word. He knew the word forwards and backwards and upside down. He was teaching in the temple (laughs) as a kid, which was phenomenal. All these things. And I think a lot of times when we think of prayer, we either kind of look at prayer and one of two things. It's either that childish by the bed, just kind of token prayer, or it's the super aggressive intercessory prayer that only a few people can do. Right, and that's not that's not the scope when we look at it in its totality in the scripture. It's it's all of that. It's now as a believer living in the light of of Jesus Christ and walking in His way. Now, my my goal is to live a life that is victorious. My goal is to live a life that pleases God. To live a life that when others people look at my life, it gives credit to what Jesus does and who he is and now i have a i have the ability to have all of that i have the ability just like dana when yesterday when she was talking she talked about that she didn't learn prayer just as this little silent thing but she learned it as something that could that can move things that can right. accomplish things you know sure it blesses your food sure there are there are quiet silent prayers when we pray in the heart but there are also times where where the the prayer is the sword where the prayer is there to to address things that are spiritual and to move things that are not of God out of the way. Well, the crazy thing is, as you said, you know, my life now is about the things of God. It's about doing what God is saying. It's about being a part of the things of God. Well, in that, in having the peace of God, it brings violence to the kingdom of it darkness. It absolutely does. Having rest 
brings violence against right. the kingdom of there darkness. There is an enemy that has to be defeated. Like when we read the word and we get the word in our life and we allow that seed to take root and it bears fruit, that is bringing violence to the kingdom of darkness. It, it is destroying is. things. It's tearing down strongholds. It's ripping down every high thing. Yes. It's tearing down arguments. Like I can't, I don't have the, I don't have the authority or the right anymore to walk in offense. Right. Because I'm a believer in Jesus. Yes. I, I've thrown that right away. Right. I've given that high place to the Lord. Right. That high place of bitterness and unforgiveness. Yeah. That high place of being offended. That high place of wondering if somebody's whispering about me or thinking about me. And who am I to think something right. so highly of myself? Everybody's right. not walking around talking about me. That was <laughs> anybody. How, <laughs> and anybody that's ever had to do that understand that those things take contention. Those things take, you know, like James said, submitting ourselves to God. Yep. And we, even though it may seem a, a bit placid on the surface, we know the the war that is waged for us to be able to live that way. There, you have to intentionally move away from the enemy and move do. towards the Lord. And you as you do that, do. the Lord moves towards you. Absolutely. And then as you do that and you submit yourself and you cleanse your hands and you purify your heart and your mind is transformed, all those things now... Prayer right. is a weapon. Yeah, now the enemy flees. Yeah, Matthew eleven twelve. From the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and men of violence take it by force. A verse that has been used over the centuries and the millennia for violent men to create violence. Right. That's not what this it's scripture not is saying. It's talking about it in the natural. Those that have declared themselves Christians and tried to use this verse as violence is the answer is not only a misrepresentation, but it is a distortion and a heretical look at the scripture yeah, because this is talking about a spiritual warfare. Yes. A spiritual warfare. Right. You know, Jesus would go on to call John the Baptist the greatest of all the prophets, yet he didn't do any miracles, but right. he had authority. Right. He had authority. We know that he was filled with the Holy Spirit in his the mother's womb. womb. Yeah. In his mother's womb. Before Jesus was even born, John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit in his womb. Right. His dad was filled with the Holy Spirit when he opened his mouth and prophesied over his son, yet Jesus had not even been born. That tells us that this spiritual warfare is spiritual. Right. It's not natural. And so many times as believers, we're trying to fight these battles in the natural, whether it be political, whether it be cultural, societal, whatever. We're fighting them with cultural weapons and we continually lose. And right. we think God is not on our side or God's right. not moving. God's not moving because we're using the wrong tools. We're right. using the wrong things yes. to try to get an expected outcome where right. The weapons of my warfare are not, not carnal. Yeah, and if I understand the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, I also understand that my approach and what I'm looking for and what I'm trying to accomplish is not carnal either. And it all goes back into that circle of relationship. Yep. Where's my heart with the Lord? How because then your mind isn't will? your mind yeah. isn't the same place. You're not yeah. thinking the same way nope. as everybody else. You're seeing it totally different. Right. And that's when people look at you and go, Well, how do you see that? Like, that's not true. Well, yes, it is. Yeah. In the spirit, it is. Right. In the spiritual realm, it's true. But not looking through natural eyes. But looking through natural eyes, you can't see it. Why? Because you're not up here. Right. It doesn't mean that I'm higher than them. It means that Jesus is higher than yes. all of us. And now His ways a... are above our ways. Yes. His thoughts are above our thoughts. All of those things. And I think one of the key things that's come out of this that, that maybe we didn't really, really dig into was that high thing, the high place. 
man, when, when you give that high place to Jesus, when you pray, stuff Stuff happens happens. in the high place. Yes. And that's where we need it to happen. And if it's happening in the high place, then we'll see the results here in the low place. Yes. No doubt. Awesome, man. Any closing thoughts? Well, my, my heart when we started this is that people will understand the tool of prayer, how important it is, and that maybe it would ignite people to return to this, people mm-hmm. to return to this. So, you know, I, I'm not just giving my time to a discipline. I'm not just giving my time to, towards something that's, that's a checkbox, that this is something that's close to the heart of God. This is something that God has gone through a lot of trouble to hand over to us yep. so that we can truly have something that's going to help us in our life and something that's not just going to help us help our families help our our children help our communities and help our nation and help our world to see who jesus christ is and to have power and authority and victory over the enemy and we need that if you can't look in the world right now and see that we need that now more than ever then then we got blinders on you know and i just that's that's what my heart was for people to t- return fervent and effective prayer and understand just how important how essential it is and to and to do it do it with the right heart to do it the right way according to what the bible says and you'll see results i know i have the effective fervent prayer of a righteous Righteous man man avails much righteousness yes and you have to be connected to the vine you have to be rooted in the kingdom to walk in righteousness and i think that if we would just position ourselves properly And I think that most of us, I won't throw a huge blanket out there, but most of us, if we were in the right position and we just knew that we were being heard, that would change the way that we prayed so much. It would change the way that we prayed. It would change what comes out of our mouth. It would change what we ask for. It would change what we're praying into, what we're declaring. I believe all that would change if we truly knew we were being heard. Even if God doesn't answer the way I want him to, he hears me. Yes. And if he hears me, he's going to do something. Good things according to his will are going to happen. That's right. That's right. Awesome, man. So good. I hope you guys have enjoyed this today and uh, just want to encourage you today to uh, get yourself in the right position. Position yourself in in, uh, the right place. Uh, In Christ. In Christ. In Christ. In Christ. It is all in Him. And uh, as we do that, then our prayers do become effective. You know, Romans 16, 20 says, and the God of peace will crush Satan. (laughs) The God of peace will crush Satan. The peace of God brings a crushing. Uh, And so uh, I don't know about you, but I want to know that when I'm praying that not only am I being heard, but the evil things that are trying to come against me are being destroyed. Yes. And uh, I want the high place of my life to be given to Jesus. Amen. And so that's good stuff. All right, man. Appreciate that. Hey, guys, thank you for joining us on the Midweek Move. Uh, Again, prayer as a weapon. Get this in your heart. Get this in your spirit. Go back. Listen to this. Rewind. uh, Fast forward. Find the scripture references. Get all that. Dig into that yourself. And then more than all that, pray today. Yes. Just pray today. All right. We'll see you guys next time on the Midweek Move.